You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and SJ Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast, or welcome to your first episode if this is your first time. I'm glad to have you here. I know there are a ton of things you could be doing right now, and the fact that you are spending time with me here in your ears, I really appreciate it. I just, I really, really, truly. Just a couple things to get out of the way house cleaning wise before we get started, and we will jump right into the episode. So first of all, I just wanted to give everyone an update on the vinyl. The American Cyclops vinyl order is still in process. It's not much of an update because, well, it's still in process and supply lines are still just completely and totally hosed. And on top of it, I found out that one of the main suppliers that uh, supply lacquers, which is something you need when you're pressing vinyl, uh, burnt down earlier this year or had a fire. So that's great. That explains some of the delay. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah. But still working on that. Definitely going to get those out to everybody. And you can still grab a signed copy at tonemob.com slash store if that is your thing. And, uh, yeah, I'm still working on it. I just wanted to let everyone know that I have not forgotten about it. And I am still working on it and still pressing forward. I released some new music last week. So if you go to whatever streaming platform you use, you can check out some new music from me under the title American Cyclops. There's a couple singles. Well, there's like three singles there on top of the Tom record. So if that is your cup of tea, that is over there, and I super appreciate it. Another thing I wanted to remind everybody of, this is the last thing, I promise, and then we'll get right into the episode, is that you can text me. You can text me at 503-751-8577, and that will allow you to join the Tone Mob text community where you will get to talk directly to me. There's nobody else involved. And I will occasionally send out uh, mass messages to everybody to start a conversation or share something that I've done or something that other people have done or some music industry stuff or whatever. Whatever you want to do, you can get a hold of me there. 
And there's a lot of people on that chat and we're having a lot of fun. But it is a one-on-one conversation between you and I. So it's not like a big group chat or a discord or anything like that. It's literally a text line where you can text me directly and I get all of those. I respond to all of them. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So again, the number for that is 503-751-8577. Messaging and all that stuff applies. Whatever your carrier charges you, that's what they charge you. But uh, it doesn't cost you anything to join. So yeah, fun stuff. And that is in the show notes if you need that number so you don't have to like swerve off the road and write that down. Anyway... Let's get into this episode. I'm blabbering. It's when way too much talking. Stop talking so we can do more talking. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have Michael Pack. From Sonic Pickups. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm excited about this. We've uh, <laughs> we've done some DMs, caught some of your uh, your live streams, and my friend Grant Wilson uh, yeah. from Big Ear, the infamous. Yes, he highly <laughs> highly recommended that I get you on the show, and I'm excited uh, to find out why he said that. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Oh man. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I'm starting to worry. I'm becoming infamous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I have some pretty, we, we, I do a lot of live streams mm-hmm. and uh, they, they tend to be, uh, they get into a lot of, the different things that I've been involved with uh, in my life and uh, some of the crazy stories, I guess, that have happened. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I've got a pretty uh, a nice group of kind of hardcore regulars that, that stop by and, uh, and uh, unfortunately though, I don't really like, do it in a consistent time or anything like that. So it's just catch as catch can, you know, mm-hmm. and, but yeah, some of them have turned into uh, pretty interesting experiences. Well, maybe one of these days we can uh, coordinate it a little bit and we'll, we'll do it together. We can see what the, okay. the madness yeah. is all about. Yeah. It's, it's so, uh, you know, it's ebb and flow and whatever's comes up and, you know, uh, something will trigger some, some memory and, and, you know, I'll tell some story about something and, uh, that's how it usually goes, but that sounds like this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Sounds exactly like this podcast. I'm uh, getting ready to drop another episode with my friend, uh, Philippe Herndon from Caroline guitar company. Mm -hmm. And the, I mean, I'm listening. I don't normally like to listen back to them very much. I'm like, right. Right. You get tired of hearing yourself after a while. Right. But, uh, his episodes are always such a treat. I'm listening back and I'm like, I can't believe we talked about this. This is so ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) We introduced a character on this episode called cocaine man. Um, and so (laughs) it's quite, 
<laughs> it's quite ridiculous to say the okay. least. So I'm getting ready to publish that this afternoon, which I mean, uh, it'll have been out for a while by the time people hear this, but mm. they'll know exactly what I'm talking about by the time they get to this episode. Oh, I see. So tell me about yourself. You have done a lot. I know we've talked uh, briefly. You and I have talked about um, working in, you know, the film scoring industry uh, I know you make pickups, and uh, yeah. I don't know what else you've done, though. I've just heard, oh, this guy's done a lot. So tell me about yourself. What's your story? Um, well, uh, uh, it was uh, special makeup effects. Okay. Uh, easy enough to confuse. Uh, and But uh, let's see. Uh, I was in the Army for a while. I was a medic. Uh, I did a whole bunch of... Uh, different jobs, uh, including law enforcement for a brief period of time, uh, and, uh, uh, personal security and things like that. And, and then I just kind of fell into, uh, to working in movies and, uh, did that for quite a while. And I think a lot of the crazier stories that uh, I tell sometimes stem from that, more than anything else but you know uh from the movies or from the uh security stuff uh mostly from the movies i think uh yeah and yeah and then about uh i did you know going along fine with uh with the special makeup effects career uh up until about 2000 17 when i found out that it was actually making me uh sick Really? Uh, yeah, it was uh, the chemicals I was working with were were actually uh, affecting my health in a uh, seriously negative way. And I uh, went to the doctor because I was feeling bad for some time. And uh, the doctor said, you know, you're retired starting today. Wow. you got to quit. So, you know, the thing is, the, the business had been changing, though, for... Uh, for a while, and the amount of work that I was getting each year was steadily decreasing, literally year by year, uh, as more computer graphics were used, and uh, and so I was already looking for, you know, something else that I could do that I was passionate about, and I was, uh, you know, I knew I couldn't sit in a cubicle. Nothing against people that can. It's just not not my brain. You know, it wouldn't work. And uh, so uh, I've repaired guitars and built them since the late 70s. Uh, and uh, just kept going back to that and uh, done rewinds of pickups over the years. Uh, and uh, somehow just landed on... You know, I thought about it and thought, man, I think pickup making would be the thing for me, you know? And that's how it kind of started and uh, started testing and winding and rewinding and winding again, you know, and putting them in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and doing all that. So this is 2017-ish when that started? Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So going back to the makeup stuff a little bit. So is mm-hmm. the the chemicals that were affecting you were is that something that's unique to yourself or is it like hey maybe we shouldn't be using this? 
Well, uh, the reality is, um, back in the day, uh, <laughs> we would use this stuff and we weren't as careful as we should have been. Uh, and, but I ended up getting kind of, uh, pigeonholed into doing a couple of jobs that always use the same stuff. So my exposure was really hot. Oh, okay. Okay. And, what is the stuff? Uh, well, I probably shouldn't say, but it's, uh, it has to do with, uh, making artificial teeth and, uh, um, um, it's the the catalyzer for it, uh, okay. among other things. Gotcha. Among other things, because it was like basically like a toxic soup, you know. From uh, there's heavy metals, and I don't mean you know the cool heavy metal. But, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> there's all kinds of uh, of 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 really adverse things that are in some of these chemicals, and you know, uh, over the years, it can just. Uh, build up in your system and that's what exactly what had happened gotcha and uh so yeah i was just starting to feel really bad and uh um you know i went in and the doctors did uh did test and yeah and they called me back in they said come in here right now i said no <laughs> wonder you feel so bad you're riddled yeah. with garbage basically <laughs> that reminds yeah, me yeah. of uh my diesel mechanic days and like, Oh, I got grease all over my hands. I guess I'll just wash them in the parts cleaner. And I, and I think about it now and I'm like, why? No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no. And I, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm taking, uh, it's, you know, uh, well, I think it's a combination of stuff. Some of the stuff, we didn't know how dangerous it was mm -hmm. because it wasn't necessarily labeled as being as dangerous as it was or, um, and, but part of it also was just not, uh, wearing, you know, a, a properly filtered mask, uh, when, when I should have, you know, or wearing gloves when I should have, because you can get all kinds of exposure, you know, from, from contact with your skin. Totally. Through, you know, so, uh, so yeah, so it got to the point where my body was like, you know, that's enough, man, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it was, uh, it was a tough thing to get over, uh, or to start healing, uh, back to where, you know, some semblance of where I was, but, um, but ultimately it, it you know, as strange as it sounds, that wasn't a negative experience. Um, I mean, during the time it was, of course, but um, on the other end, coming through it, it you know, I, I learned a lot about myself and kind of realized where my priorities were uh, about a lot of things, not just work, you know. Mm -hmm. And... Um, in particularly learning more about manufacturing pickups and, and their ins and outs and things like that and really getting into it, it just became incredibly fascinating. And, uh, you know, the kind of thing where I'd get an idea for something and I'd stay up all night working on it, you know, just because 
it was that thrilling, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been there. So, yeah. Was it, did, did you surprise yourself when you started getting into the pickup business, like more aggressively? Were you, were you surprised at how much you enjoyed it? Um, yeah, I guess, um, I, you know, I'd done, I'd done rewinds for a number of years for, for friends and stuff. People would say, you know, Hey, I've got a broken pickup. And I'd say, well, I can, I can, you know, fix it for you. But it wasn't until I really started designing them that, uh, you know, it really kind of kicked in, um, and, you know, trying to hit a certain goal, you know, um, that's when it really became a passion. So, yeah. What are some of your favorite aspects? Um, exactly what I was just talking about where like, I'll, I'll have, get an idea. Oh, and for, you, you uh, go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. And I want to see, you know, if it will turn out the way I imagine it will turn out in my head. Um, that's really, really fascinating. And, you know, I'm, I don't know if it's unique or not, but I try to do, I do a lot of weird custom work too. That's, I think it's kind of unique anyways. Um, and I, I, you know, incorporate a lot of my special makeup effects, um, skills <laughs> into it when I can. And for instance, I, I've got these, uh, I sell these switch tips that are, um, uh, I think they're really unique. Um, and that purely came from a need to, uh, to be more artistic, uh, in some of my designs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I get to do these things, both sound and, and sight, I guess, you know, um, in a lot of ways. How, how are you making these switch tips? Tell me more about these things. Uh, well, I'm making them out of, uh, special plastic and, uh, you know, this time I'm being very careful and <laughs> <laughs> good, good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. I can't afford to get sick anymore, but I'm also using, uh, better materials that have low VOCs. So they're, they're not nearly as toxic as, uh, the stuff that I worked with for, for so many years. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I sculpt them each one out of, uh, out of wax and then mold them and cast them up and, uh, wow. and yeah, they're, they're, they're totally a passion project, but, um, what got, what started it was, um, uh, John, um, uh, uh, Sullivan, Sully, uh, he had done some switch tips where he had put a little skull face on it, uh, as you know, a limited thing that he was giving away to people. And I saw it and I thought, oh man, that would look really cool if it was actually sculpted, actually three dimensional right. and not, not just an image, you know, nothing against that worked because it was really well done. But, you know, I just thought, you know, I could 
take it someplace else. To the next and, level, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I sculpted the first one, and and then uh, that turned into the another one and another one, you know, and it became like all these different uh, versions. And then I ended up... Um, uh, Ryan uh, Dominguez, the head painter at ESP, mm-hmm. was doing a uh, ESP USA uh, was doing a custom series of of guitars, constellation guitars. He calls called them the Cosmos series, and uh, he approached about doing a uh, a little rocket ship. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and uh, one one of his assistants. I wish I could remember the guy's name, but he actually made the suggestion, and Ryan was like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." So he told me, and because uh, he knew I'd already done the uh, the the skulls, and so yeah, he said, uh, "Could you make a little rocket ship that we could put on these?" And it was just like perfect uh, serendipity. Um, yeah, and those those were a big hit, and uh, um, so you know, part of the deal I made was, you know, I won't charge you to design it and custom make it and do all that, but as long as I keep and own the, the design, and they were like, sure, you know, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, um, and you know, it's a little thing, but. It actually is uh, is really fun. I've got a Cthulhu one too. Uh, <laughs> no, you do for real? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gary Holt uh, got a couple of those, and uh, like a glow in the dark gray alien, and uh, just a lot of weirdness, you know. Oh, I found them. I was I was trying to browse around on your oh. <laughs> IG one. Either. I found the rocket ships and the skulls. Oh, those are so cool. They're cooler. They're they're even cooler. I don't think you can do them justice. Uh, just talking about them, you have to yeah. you have to see them. The yeah. the 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 faux metal ones are especially cool. I think. Yes, and I mean uh, I'm I'm working on uh, metal plating. Oh, them. Uh, but it's it's you know one of those things where I have to dedicate certain amounts of time in a day to doing that kind of, you know, R&D stuff, right? And then uh, the rest to uh, making, you know, pickups. So it's a, kind of a slow process so far, but I think I'm zeroing in on it. So uh, I want to make them myself without, uh, you know, having to create huge batches that I send out and all that stuff. Right. Uh, because I'm not really doing the numbers for that yet. Right, right. So I never even considered trying to do metal plating in a small capacity. I've always thought about it in regards to like, you know, getting my car's bumper re-chrome right, or something, right. you know, <laughs> is there, is it, is, so it's feasible to do at a small scale? Oh yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. How does that process even work? I'm not, I'm not sure at all. Well, uh, so there's a lot of, um, if you look on YouTube, there's a lot of videos where people are figuring out how to uh, plate like a PLA 
uh, 3D printing material. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll, you know, print out something and with, a, uh, with a 3D printer and then they'll clean it up and then they'll turn around and they'll metalize it, um, or metal plate it. So, uh, that could give you, give you an idea, but essentially if you've got something that's plastic, something that's non-conductive, um, you can coat it with a, you know, a conductive paint and then you plate it first with, uh, copper, uh, and then after copper, you can do um, nickel, and then you can do chrome, you can do gold, you can do uh, all, all these stuff. So I, I'm i trying to refine the process, though, so that it's quick and, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to have to charge a ridiculous amount of money for it. So Right. Uh, so trying to like work all those details out. It's really amazing what the internet has enabled people to be able to do, <laughs> you know, it's like, like, you know, to some, you know, maybe even 10, 15 years ago, that would have been like black magic to most people, you know? Yeah. And now it's yeah, well, just, there was, you can do it. There's a company that's been around a long time that, um, called Caswell and, They've got these little kits. This is how I first heard about it, right? They have these little uh, wand kits that that you. It's got its own like power supply, kind of like a the the nine volt power supply that comes with a pedal, mm-hmm. and uh, you connect it to like for instance, let's say you've got a watch that's the finish is worn off, right? Uh, you can connect one into the watch. And then you take this uh, this little wand that's got a piece of cotton bandage wrapped around it that gets dipped into this uh, plating solution, and then you just touch it to the watch, and it deposits the the metal that's floating around inside that solution. Okay. And yeah, and they've they've had these really bad videos that you know were created back when when the internet was still new and uh, <laughs> filmed on a potato <laughs> yeah they're still around and but I, I somehow stumbled on them and and i always thought man that's it's got to be good for something else too you know and it's just kind of become a thing within the last few years about uh wanting to metalize um 3d prints and stuff like that and metalized plastic so it's interesting, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I remember doing dial-up with AOL and stuff. Oh yeah, you know, I am that old, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, I think I'm in this weird generation where the guys I used to work with were quite a bit older than me, and they would say things like, "Oh, you don't remember," you know. Before the yeah. internet, you don't remember, you know, blah blah blah. Insert thing, and I was like, right. uh, I, my, "What? I remember phones being attached to the wall." What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Like, but I'm like of the generation that like I I remember when we got the Apple computers in mm-hmm. the school. Like it was like, whoa, what is this? You know, like we went from the green screen playing Oregon Trail to mm. the like multicolored IMAX that could actually like <laughs> connect via the screaming robots to the internet. <laughs> and like, so I like, I feel like my generation is probably, you know, my generation and maybe a couple years younger 
are the last ones that remember the all that stuff kind of becoming the norm and everybody after that is they just grew up with it in right. their homes in their in their hands <laughs> in their yeah, back pocket yeah. um, supercomputers yeah yeah it's just kind of a a weird we're a weird transitional generation where it's we saw it all happen in real time and uh even i can't hardly believe what it's become you know the fact that this show exists and is the you know one of the primary ways i pay my bills mm. and it's all because of the internet it's insane it's mind blowing <laughs> it's really yeah. enabled it's enabled a lot of people to be able to do things they care about you know versus have to you know go to the cubicle like we were talking about and not that not that i'm trying to bash that at all it's just right, right. it's just amazing what it's enabled everybody to be able to do yourself included yeah i mean uh my mind if i if i just um i have to constantly stimulate you know uh my brain uh with learning of some kind and uh um that's what kind of keeps me at peace i guess um so yeah, being able to just learn about a subject that I have, you know, no prior knowledge of um <laughs> for hours on end if if need be, you know, is is absolutely incredible. Um but just to show you uh talk about transition transitional generation um uh I was just I often think about for instance, how it was in the seventies, you know, and how, uh, <laughs> like if you, if you didn't get a hold of somebody on the phone, you just wouldn't know what was going on right. or how you were going to meet up or any, you know what I mean? It was like, so it was, and I would ask myself, you know, recently, like how in the world did we find each other? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause I can't remember, you know, I mean, I remember when pay phones were a thing, you know, that you had to use because that was the only option. And uh, my, the computers that we had in my class, they were brand new and they were Atari computers. Wow. And they only had ANSI uh, as the code, you know, and if you spent like eight hours putting this code in, you might get a smiley face that might blink. Right. A couple times, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but we would have to figure out the code at home without the computer, you know, which was pretty, yeah, huh? Right. That sounds intense. <laughs> <laughs> but and then we'd come in and try to put it in; it wouldn't work, and the teacher would say, "Well, you didn't pay attention." Well, no, I did. It's just this is something I don't know anything about. And uh, but yeah, and and. It's amazing and, and it's incredibly powerful that we walk around holding these supercomputers uh, in our hands and we have access to all the knowledge in the world and sometimes don't use it at all, you know, right. uh, <laughs> just completely ignore. And, and uh, there's, there's so much division among, among people now and it's just so easy to go to only filter your life so that you see one thing. And this is, I think, creating quite a big gap uh, between people and between ideologies that don't necessarily 
agree with each other, but aren't as far apart as people may think they are, you know. Um, so I think it's also a pretty dangerous thing. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, I think it's just really important for people to remember that. And even like touching on this in the brief way that we are right now, you yeah. know, reset your brain a little bit, like realize that what you're seeing might not actually be what it is. Just like we were talking about before we started recording about Portland. And I'm like, mm -hmm. there, you know, if you ask somebody in the Midwest about Portland, there's a good chance they'll tell you that it's, you know, Mad Max. Um, right. And, <laughs> and I, I can tell you that's not true. Right. Are there problems? Yes, there are. And have some of them gotten a lot worse over time? Yes, but it isn't like this inhospitable landscape that some media outlets like to make it out to be. It's really wow. not. And, uh, and, uh, they're, you know, they're working on things and hopefully things can get better, but, uh, it's been a it's been a really traumatic year for a lot of people, and we happen to have been a uh, a place that experienced a lot of that. And yeah. it's but it's not it's not what everybody like. I I feel perfectly safe walking around Portland. It doesn't. I'm not in any more danger than I am in any other uh, larger metropolitan area. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's not it's not what some people say, but but you talk to some people and they're just like, Nope, it's garbage. And even some people who live here, uh, think that, and I, really? I don't think they're actually thinking about the reality of the situation. You know, everyone I know that lives there though, loves it. So, uh, and I know a lot of people that live there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good spot. It's it, like I said, it's not without its problems. I have, sure. a, I have plenty of things to criticize, <laughs> but yeah. I love it. I, lo I love the area um, and I, I don't envision myself being anywhere else. Honestly, uh, could happen, I guess, but it's not what I, it's not what I'm picturing. Yeah. You were saying you were thinking about moving up here. You, you taking that pretty seriously? Well, it's one of, one of the places that, that my wife and I have discussed. Um, and, and not for any particular reason or anything like that. Um, I actually love it here. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't have any, any, any pressing need to move, but, uh, you know, should something happen or something come up where, where we should, uh, want to relocate, you know, we were just talking about things that places that might interest us, you know? And, uh, yeah. For me, the only other one is uh, Nashville. I really like Nashville, and I have a ton of connection there. So it's right. it's always that's always in the back of my brain. I'm like, Nashville would be a good place for me. And so many of my sure. friends are like, you got to come to Nashville. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm, but I'm an Oregonian. <laughs> right. uh, that's what I am, man. So. You mentioned the knobs, or excuse me, the switches and stuff. Switch dips, yep, yes. That having a, a lot to do with your makeup background. Is there anything else in your current life that you can relate back to those skills and learning that stuff? Um, well, I mean, the, th the thing that started me doing that, I know that's not really what your question is, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, it, um, 
it started because I was scared of, uh, of monsters, you know, scared of monster films and all that. And I kind of figured out, and this is when I was really young, like, uh, eight years old at the time. Um, because, well, talk about technology, right? Um, where I lived, there was only, uh, there was, you know, at this time there was a limited number of channels, you know, three major networks and a couple of, uh, local channels. Right. And what would happen is my mom worked late and, uh, I would wait up for her, but after a certain time, after 11, um, the TV we had, which was a black and white TV. I know I'm dating myself like crazy, but, um, it would it wouldn't get the other channels uh only the uh this one channel channel 20 uh in washington dc i lived grew up in maryland and virginia and uh they would show uh, horror movies um and uh they would freak me out but <laughs> i would i knew they would keep me awake at the same time so that i could be up for my uh, waiting for my mom and my little sister was with us and I was kind of, you know, in charge of her and every, or, or being the man of the house or whatever. But, um, so I would stay up and I'd watch these things and they would freak me out. And, um, I ended up figuring out that if I learned how they made, you know, the movie monsters, uh, then I wouldn't be scared by them anymore. Right. And that kind of led to, um, and you got to keep in mind, man, there was just, there was not a lot of information out there about it. Um, Almost zero, I would have to imagine. Well, yeah. (laughs) You know, every now and then there would be a magazine article or something. Uh, There was a couple of books about stage makeup and stuff like that, but but there wasn't much. Um, But this guy named Alan Ormsby, uh, who was a screenwriter and actor and makeup artist and toy designer, no less, um, wrote a book and Disney animator, I might add, uh, wrote a book for kids who liked monster movies. And in the beginning of the book, it had like the history of all the universal monsters and a couple others. And then in the middle, it showed how kids could recreate those monsters. Oh, wow. Using, like, household ingredients, you know, or household objects and stuff like that. Like a paper bag for a Frankenstein's head, you know, that flat head that he had, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it would show all this stuff. He figured out, you know, ways to do it. And I ended up finding that book at school in a uh, book fair thing and I ordered it even though I didn't even have any money. Um, uh, and it was incredible. You know, I got that book and that, I I don't think I put it down for three years, you know, uh, (laughs) staring at it, staring at it, you know, and, uh, and it was just like serendipity, the perfect timing because that's right when I was really going through the toughest period, I guess, you know, and, um, that created, uh, you know, the hobby and that I carried through well into, uh, I went into the army and then ironically enough, even when I was in medic training in, uh, um, in Texas, they have a, 
a uh, portion of the training where they simulate, you know, uh, injuries and battle and all that. And uh, the instructors were doing all the, the, the injury makeup stuff and somebody called out, does anybody here know how to do this stuff? And I kind of timidly raised my hand. You know? mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Next thing you know, I was the only guy doing it, you know? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that is not something I would have ever connected together. That's amazing. Oh, and, uh, you know, it was, I, I didn't expect it to either, you know, and then, uh, it was weird though, how art related things kept kind of popping up. Um, uh, throughout my life. And, and so, yeah, it's, um, when I got out and I bounced around, I did a, did a few things, went through the police academy and then didn't end up doing very much with it. Uh, um, got hurt and uh, was uh, at a career fair, still thinking I was going to find a law enforcement job, even though I didn't have a chance at that time. <laughs> and I met this guy who does the training videos for the LAPD. And uh, I just randomly asked him, hey, have you ever used makeup effects in your training videos? And he said, you know, I'd love to, but I can't afford it. And at the time, I was looking for something to do other than sit around thinking about how I was not going to be hired as a police officer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I just said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I'll I'll make the stuff if you pay for the uh, materials. And the guy was like, yeah, absolutely. A couple of weeks later, he contacts me and says, we're shooting this, this officer-involved shooting recreation, and we need some stuff. Would you be willing? And I was like, yeah, why not, you know? And then uh, did that, and that kind of turned into... Um, more work because I took pictures and some people saw those pictures and then, you know what I mean? It's like that. And and without really trying all of a sudden I was working on network TV shows and, uh, and uh, it was really, really strange how, how it kind of all fell together, you know, very, very quickly as a matter of fact. And, um, uh, yeah, I know. That's way much more than what you asked. No, but, that's uh, exactly <laughs> what I want to know. No, that is exactly... Yeah. I may not have asked for it, but that's yeah. exactly where I was hoping we would get to. So keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah, I I got to work on a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, TV, a lot of movies. Um, what's the biggest some, thing? I mean, I'm sure this is a question you get all the time, but like, what's like the number one thing that's like, oh, everybody's seen this or knows about it? Uh, here you know here's the worst part and and it's not just me like everybody who does this is the same way we just we kind of blank out when it comes to it (laughs) um so uh, forgive me but i'll uh i'll try uh uh i worked on uh 300 uh oh man i love that movie Hellboy, the the remake recently. That was one of the last films I did. Actually, I love Hellboy um, too. Both the comic and the, the movies. First, I worked on the first Hellboy, as a matter of fact, and the remake. Um, and 
I worked on Planet of the Apes that Tim Burton directed. Um, Charlie's Angels. Uh, I'm just throwing out random stuff. I mean, that's all. That's uh, these are all major things. These are big ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of the stuff I ended up doing was making like artificial eyes and and fake teeth, like dentures uh, for you know, for things. Uh, one of the last things I did was with. Um, what the heck's that kid's name? Uh, Zach Efron. Mm-hmm. He played a uh, Ted Bundy. Oh yes, yes. Right. So I actually had to make his because you know his teeth don't look like Bundy's teeth, right? And his teeth were kind of a major factor in how he got convicted. So uh, I had to first make his his teeth look like Ted Bundy's normal teeth, and then at a, some point Bundy got a crack. Uh, or chipped one of his his front teeth, and that became one of the things that they used as an identifier to convict him. So I had to make him look like his teeth were uh, chipped like that too. Um, and it's ironic that that was literally the last thing I worked on. And if you watch it, there's this extreme close up. They do uh, do it almost like in three steps, right? Going progressively closer. And it's like, you know, it figures that the last thing I, I work on, I get the best close-up right. <laughs> of anything I did, you know? <laughs> hey, that works. I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i been wanting to watch that movie, and uh, yeah. now I'm going to watch it and be looking for your work specifically. You'll, I mean, you can't miss it, man. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's That's yeah. got to be kind of cool, though, like to sit back and be like, yeah, yeah, I did that. Like that, yeah, yeah, you know, I did that. It, yeah, it's very satisfying, and, you know... Um, the it's a great field to work in because the pay is really great and if you're you know if you don't have a college degree or whatever it doesn't matter it's purely about your ability to make stuff and get along with people you know um but there's a lot of negatives too it's high pressure it's high stress and you're basically doing art on demand Mm -hmm. and you know, you learn tricks for how to do that and be, be a, a functional professional uh, under insane deadlines. And uh, um, you're just like, and, it's not dry yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst part is, is things like, you know, you've been working two weeks to rush something for a shot and then they change the shot. Oh, yeah. And now they want you to change it, but they don't want to give you any more money, even though they changed the shot, right? And, you know, it has nothing to do with you. Uh, they don't want to uh, to pay for the change, the new thing yeah. to be made, you know. And, and they want it even faster now because you've got less time, you know. And that's a common thing, you know. And, um, you know, and, and, and like all creative fields you know it's a field of artists on many levels from the filmmakers you know uh through uh the guy that sweeps the floors you know and and there's a lot of very insecure people involved with that uh that use art as as kind of a therapy like i did for instance and um and it can come to a head at some points, but for the most part, everybody's just trying to get by and do their, do their job and do cool work. You know, that, uh, 
that people talk about, you know, uh, it's just changing now because less and less decisions are kind of being made on the set on the day by the directors and they're relying more on figuring it out in post. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that involves, you know, not pre-making stuff. And that just means less work for the makeup effects of people. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of really wonderful, wonderful people uh, in in that field, and you just get tired of like sitting through the the credits, and you see like 500 credits for the CGI artist, and then they leave your name off because they tell you that they've spent too much money on credits. <laughs> oh, geez, <laughs> spent too much money on credits. How much do credits yeah. cost? What are you talking about? Well, it's it's you know every every credit that's added adds to the length of the film but you know more and more it's becoming a digital thing right, right. so now so now it's not about film length anymore now it's about file size you know and there's always some way to justify screwing you out of your credit and i know cuz if you look at my if you look at my credits on imdb.com you'll see half of them are, are say uncredited, you know, that's just the way the game is, you know, and I've it, got one like, IMDB credit, but it's, but I'm not credited in the movie by mistake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the pedal movie. I, they, oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, they yeah. left. Hey, I was like, I messaged them like, Hey guys, I think you forgot my name. And they're like too late at the distributor, but we're really, well, really sorry. What? You can still add it though yeah. to IMDb. It, yeah, so they did. They made sure I was in IMDb. Okay, so at least there's that. You know, yeah. Just, but I'm <laughs> not I, that anybody honestly, cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for a long time, I was ambivalent about it because, um, about a third of what I worked on was missing mm -hmm. from my page and. You know, the problem is like you start working a lot and you start, you just don't remember what it is. Like, I've got so many episodes of Code Black and uh, what was that other show? Um, uh, hospital show. Uh, Grey's Anatomy? I don't know. That's it. Is Grey's it? Anatomy. Okay. Yeah. So I got like so many episodes that I worked on and I, I don't know what they are. And, you know, most of the time too, I would ask the guy who hired me like, well, you know, what is this for? What's the episode? And they would say, I don't know. You know it's, <laughs> it's Grey's Anatomy and it's episode, you know, I'll get back to you. And they never do. Right. You know, and Just then, make, and make then me my teeth. Okay. Contact them later on. And they're like, oh man, I don't remember what that was, you know. Um, and that's just the way it goes, you know, so well, it's a lot to I keep track of for, you know, I'm sure they're not, if they're talking to you, insane. they're not just talking there. There's not one person in charge of just the teeth you know, and just the eyeballs, you know, like well, it's like that person is doing a lot of other yeah. things as well. Well, yes. Uh, but, but in my case, I was so specialized, especially, uh, towards the end that's all i did mm -hmm. uh, I, mean, I was more talking though, about the coordination of those things oh yeah. yeah and i mean you know the fact is uh, you really have to be aggressive about it just to make sure you know if you want to keep keep uh, accurate records you know but 
because you won't get credits on uh, on TV. As a matter of fact, uh, I worked on uh, the show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You've done right. all and, my movies. I love <laughs> Buffy. That's my that's uh, like my adolescence right there. Right. Yeah. Uh, I worked on uh, the first uh, three seasons, and then I subcontracted after that for a few episodes. Um, but what happened is the second season, my the crew that I was working on got nominated for the Emmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for special makeup effects. But at the same time, same year, we got nominated for Babylon 5 uh, for an episode of that. And what happened is, due to various pressures from different people, uh, it was determined that there were too many names on the list for Buffy. And essentially what it came down to is there were too many non-union names. Ouch. Uh, oh, jeez. Here we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, several of us got bumped. And uh, so we were, but we were, because of the Babylon 5 nomination, we were sitting in the in the audience when they named Buffy as the winner and got to watch you know, uh, all these people go up and collect their Emmy, you know, and in some case, you know, people who had only who'd not done nearly as much work as some of us sitting in the audience. And, um, and that kind of left a bitter taste, you know? Uh, so I actually went to the editors on Buffy and I said, uh, because by this point I was running the show, uh, I was supervising the, uh, makeup effects, uh, through a company called optic nerve studios. And uh, I just asked them, how you know, what would it cost to put my name up there so that I can't get screwed out of the Emmy again? Right. <laughs> because if it's in the credits, they can't do it, you know. Um, and the editor said, we can do it. It won't cost hardly anything. And I went to the producers and I said, would you guys consider, because we had a great, great relationship, right? Um, but I asked, would you consider you know, putting my name in the credits. And they were like, oh, no, it's far too expensive. Yeah, it would cost way too much. And I was like, okay. So we went away on a hiatus for the for the season, which is about three months, two, two months, two to three, depending. And uh, they called me and they said, are you going to come back? Or, or no, they said, it's time to come back. And I said, yeah, I think I'm, I'm not going to come back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, it, it really irked me that they didn't uh, at least not even try to fight for me, you know. Um, so, and especially because I was waking up on the freeway, man. I was, I was spending so many hours working on that show, and um, my sleep debt. I think I still carry some. <laughs> I'm sure you show. do. Yeah. There's a lot of makeup effects in that show too. Like, oh my, there's gosh, a ton. Yeah. I mean, literally yeah. every time there's a vampire. There's yeah. there's a ton of makeup going on, and teeth. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and eventually, like, that's kind of where I, you know, made my bones. Uh, um, started as a mold maker, and then the guy that was making the teeth got fired one day, uh, right in front of me too. And the boss was like, 
you know, you're fired. Get out of here. And he turns to me. He's like, can you make teeth? And I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, uh, even though up to that point, you know, I, I never made them professionally. I just made them for, you know, for myself and everything. And same thing happened with, uh, every, as a matter of fact, every advancement happened like that. Uh, like something would come up, they would say, Hey, you know, uh, we were working one night after we were awake for like three or four days straight and we had a deadline and, uh, the guy that was in charge of painting these alien hands to match this head he had just spent all night painting, uh, just got up and walked out. He was just so done. He just left. Right. Just like, I'm gone. (laughs) He's like, I'm out. (laughs) And, uh, the boss turned to me and he said, uh, Hey, do you know how to airbrush? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> go paint those hands. They need to be on set by 9 AM, you know? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I went and did it and it turned out okay. Next thing you know, I was a painter, you know what I mean? And, uh, that's kind of how every opportunity happened you know hey we're we're short a guy can you come and work on set and apply prosthetics you know you're like uh sure sure. yeah i guess so (laughs) and that's every single but you know it was like that you know that's that saying um the formula for luck right it's opportunity plus preparation equals luck Mm -hmm. and yeah, and that's how exactly was for everything, you know. Pickups though is it's a lot different. <laughs> it's uh, a, it is a different <laughs> ball game, isn't it? <laughs> yes, um, it's more about brand recognition, and you know, like with anything, I guess, gear related. Um, who do you know, or or have you seen someone talking about a product that you know you you at least. Um, trust to some degree right that's what it comes down to um i i think that's probably especially if you're lesser known you know um but you know with pedal demos and things like that you can just hear how they sound hey how's that sound Mm -hmm. but you see a guy like andy martin talking about a pedal and you know he's not gonna say it's a great pedal if it's not a great pedal you know Mm -hmm. uh but with pickups, it's a lot different, you know, because the thing I run into all the time is uh, influencers seem to think that they have to do a before and after video. Um, and I always tell them, no, you don't. You just have to play, you know, and <laughs> whatever you play, as long as you record it well, that that's that's it, because that's the demo, you know. Right. You don't have to show... You know, here's how it sounded beforehand, and then here's how much better it sounded with your stuff. I mean, that's great and everything, but that's that's not required for pickups. You know, they either sound good or they don't. Yeah, yeah pickups are a, they're a weird one. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it's a, it's a very personal thing. Some people <laughs> like, like a lot of output, and some people don't yeah. like a lot of output. And some people, you know, depending... It's 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 such a weird thing because it, the way a pickup reacts can make you love a guitar or absolutely hate it. 
they're so important to to the signal chain and uh and it's kind of crazy to think about how much of an impact they have and the fact that we're still largely using what is this 1930s technology um <laughs> something to that effect yeah uh for single coils definitely mm-hmm. um yeah i and i mean a pickup for an electric instrument, for an electric guitar, that's that's the voice of the guitar. Um, and without getting into any debates about the other factors that affected uh, the sound of the guitar, um, you know, it's pretty obvious without it. Without it, you don't have it makes uh, no one sound. of the major components, yeah. you know, for your sound. <laughs> Um, but it is very subjective too, and um, everybody's taste is different, you know. And and a lot of times when I talk to customers about, um, you know, what it is they're looking for, the conversations are not nearly as direct as you might think. You know, I tell them to to, to talk about the kind of music that they that they like or that they, that they play and stuff, you know, and, and we talk about favorite sounds in that way, uh, because that helps me kind of hone in on, on that thing that they're looking for. But that's an important question. Also, what are you looking for? Because what I get often is, um, I have this pickup from this manufacturer and it's this model of that pickup and, but it's just not doing it for me. And <laughs> so then I got to work out, okay, well, you know, why, what, what isn't, why isn't it doing it for you? Right. You know, and, and, um, sometimes that can be a pretty deep conversation, but sometimes too, you just, you know, the longer I do this, the more you kind of get a feel for people and what it is they're searching for. Um, and after a while, it's, it's kind of, it's starting to become second nature too, um, where I talk to somebody and I, I get a kind of a, a good grasp on the thing that they're they're searching for, you know. Um, also, when dealing with tone chasers too, you know, um, that can be one of the most difficult. Um, the people who are never satisfied, you know, who never, who are always looking for that that thing that's just never there. Um, fortunately I haven't run into, uh, many, but that can be tough, you know, because they're looking for something within themselves that's not there, I think more than gear, you know, but, um, anyways, I'm just rambling now. (laughs) I think you might be, you might be onto something there. I, uh, I definitely have found myself less chasing a specific sound and just looking for new ones used to be like, Oh, I want to get this black keys sound, or I want to get this whatever band sound. And now for me, it's more like, I want to find new sounds. I want to find things that haven't been explored, or at least I haven't personally gotten to explore them before. So it's a kind of a mindset shift. Exactly. And when I, when I test, pickups the way that i know that i've got it is 
when I'm testing that that pickup set or individual pickup, if I get lost and just kind of zone out while I'm playing, that that's how I know I'm done because I get so into listening to what it's doing and and you know the music that I can make with it that it takes me to this you know place where on a on a conscious or even subconscious level that is stimulating mm-hmm. you know and that's what I look for uh, when I'm designing them you know and it's really interesting too because you know I'll come upstairs to my uh, studio and I'll plug in and I'll say like well let me just make sure this thing is working or whatever the way and next thing it'll be like three hours later and I've gone through the whole gamut you know what what works good through it and what what doesn't work good through it you know but it's that stimulation that that thing in your brain that's telling you oh yeah this is go here now Mm -hmm. go there you know um it's it's very powerful and talking about uh, the passion again um one of the things i think you asked me this i didn't really answer uh but i get to help people make music Mm -hmm. to me that's an incredible thing because i mean look look at how powerful uh, music is to us, how important it is to us, you know, and it, it helps us through our hard times, it helps us through our uh, good times, you know, it, it reminds us of times in our lives. It's And the ability to help somebody with that mm-hmm. is just, I think, one of the, the best things in the world. It's extremely rewarding. You know, I've had... Yeah a few moments where like I'll catch, especially in 2020 um, catch one of my favorite artists live streams, you know, and then realize like, Oh, wait a minute. That guy's playing. I, I, you know, that guy's playing string joy strings. Like that guy's playing our strings. Like I'm like, what? Oh, that's so crazy. It like, it's not even, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around sometimes because it's so not a place I ever thought I would be, you know? (laughs) And so it's like, Oh man, I was able to like make that connection and Oh, they really like them. And Oh, and now it's coming back to my ears. Like (laughs) this is so amazing. And, and, you know, I think it might sound silly to some people, but I think having people you really respect, use tools that you were a part of the process in creating, Mm. however small, uh, it's just feels nice. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, especially, you know, musicians who doesn't emote through their music, you know, and being a part of that process of helping somebody through a hard time or, or whatever, I think is incredibly powerful. And, um, I think it's 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 almost with me I have a responsibility to make the best stuff that I can make that sounds the best that it can sound. You know, of course, not everybody is going to be 
a hundred percent on board with with some stuff. But for the most part, you know, if if I know if I put everything I've got into every, what I put out there into the world, um, you know, I I sleep at night. I know that I've done I've done my part, done my best, mm -hmm. you know, and um, yeah, I I absolutely love it when people contact me or put demos up on videos and stuff like that, um, showing them, you know, the music that they make with with our stuff. Um, and as cool as working in movies was, <laughs> uh, at times, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, it never quite feels as impactful as, as rewarding compared to this, you know, well, this is um, much more, uh, uh, it's much more intimate, you know, yeah, and uh, and direct in some ways. Whereas the movies, you're a, a part of a very large machine, for lack of a better term. Whereas this yeah. is really just you, and the and, and the person yeah, doing doing using your product. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, I can't imagine doing anything else that that would be as rewarding uh in this way um you know obviously there's a lot of other jobs out there and to each their own you know um i was a medic in the army you know and it, it felt great to help people and you know help them in the healing process or or save lives and all that stuff um but this was this is different, you know, because music is so powerful. And I guess maybe maybe it's just with something I uh, I think of in that way. But well, I'm sure I'm not. But uh, yeah, it is absolutely wonderful to be able to to help be a part of that. You know, definitely. Well, hey man, I just realized uh, what time it is we went a little bit over and i still got a, a few classic questions to okay. ask you um, yeah. but before i do that i like to give the guests especially if it's their first time on the show I like to give the guests the opportunity to take the floor and if you have a message you want to get out to a few thousand people or if you want to <laughs> uh you know share your great aunt's uh, apple pie recipe or whatever it is you want to do uh, now is your opportunity to do so um, I would say that I feel like I've kind of been doing that, but I think I invite anybody who's interested to come and hang out with us on the live streams. Um, it's a pretty, uh, pretty good hang. We don't talk about politics or, or religion or any of the stuff that's, uh, uh, can cause a lot of conflict. We just uh, talk about, you know, random stuff, music, a lot of gear, and uh, and yeah, and everybody uh, is welcome to stop by and be a part of it. Right on. That is on the Sonic Pickups Instagram page for everybody. Yeah, that's right. So, okay, here we go. Here come the classic questions. Okay. Number one, what is your favorite boss pedal? 
I would say, <laughs> um, oh man, I literally just spaced on it too. Uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> the uh, the one with the buttons. Oh, the one uh, with the buttons. Dimension C. That's it. ah, yeah. yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And and ironically, it's 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 not even like my favorite to play through and everything, even though I do love its sound and stuff. It just was really cool when it came out. Um, it is cool. <laughs> it is very cool. There's no arguing with that. It's a very cool pedal. Yeah. All right. Okay. Here here comes the the hot one. The one that uh, okay. can cause some problems, much like the politics and religion question. But you know, <laughs> here we go. Uh, what is your favorite kind of pizza? Ooh. Mushroom. Just mushrooms? Yeah. Just mushrooms. Mushrooms and, mushrooms and red well, sauce? I uh well, I I avoid cheese lately. Uh so when I did eat cheese, uh yeah, just mushroom and cheese was my favorite. All right. Yeah. Thin crust, thick crust, particular region. I like, I like uh, a thin crust, mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, all pizza's good. You know what I mean? Like there isn't a bad pizza, as far as I'm concerned. There are better pizzas, but uh, um, probably New York. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I love a good Chicago deep dish too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I am not a pizza snob. Uh, <laughs> Detroit. Detroit's got some, a nice style of pizza that I just discovered recently. I haven't been to See, Detroit, I, I, but I know, I their, know. their style yeah. has migrated what, over here, and it's pretty good. What is uh, what is the Detroit style? It's a thicker crust um, and done kind of in a pan. Mm -hmm. So they're generally square cut. Oh, okay. And so, it, and when I say thicker, it's not like insane, but the crust is probably like three quarters of an inch thick or so. Uh -huh. Um, with lots of air pockets in it, though, so it's not like a crazy dense crust. Sure, sure. Yeah, so it's still it's still a good eat. Um, and then yeah, just uh, the regular pizza toppings of your choice on top. Um, we've got one, we've got a few over here, and I quite like that style. And it's nice yeah. the the pan kind of like crisps up the edge of the crust really nice. So it's just a it's cool. It's a cool take on. On the pie, I like it. It's not. It's not my favorite. It wouldn't be like my number one choice, but it's it's a nice it's a nice refreshing thing for me. It's good. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's as good of a place to wrap up in on as any. How to, how does it, how do you feel about it? Sure. All right. Yeah. I think I talked so much about unpickup related stuff. I kind of feel bad. <laughs> That's why this is the show about guitar stuff occasionally, yeah. sometimes. That's yeah. why. You never know where we're going to go on this thing. But thank you so much for hanging out. Well, I appreciate it, man. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. For everybody, well, for Michael, this is Blake. Yeah. And as always, folks, good <laughs> luck and good tones. All right, there you have it. There's another one in the can, as they say. Thank you so much for spending time with me this week. And if you would really like to hear some genuinely wild Hollywood stories, you need to go to ToneMob.com slash Patreon where you can hear another hour or so. I think it might even be longer than that. 
uh, with Michael, and he tells some bananas stories, like absolutely off the wall. And I'm told that he actually has a whole lot more than what he shared, so maybe he'll come back on and do some more at some point for us. But yes, for five bucks a month, you can get extra episodes every week, and you can have all that sweet, sweet content that you desire. And, uh, you know, it really helps out a lot. Like, really, honestly, truly makes a huge difference over here. So thank you to everyone who does that. I super appreciate you. And uh, if you can't, I get it. I totally understand. Times are weird, and things are weird. But if you could, please, this is free. You could tell somebody about this. If you could tell three people about it, that would be great. Because it takes a a lot of uh, encouragement for people to actually hop on over and make a time commitment to listen to an hour-plus-long podcast. I get it. That's a a big chunk of time that you may not get back if you don't like it. But if you really like this show, it would mean the world to me if you could share this with somebody because that is the only way this keeps going and the only way I can keep getting rad guests and keep this thing flowing. So thank you all so much. I'll talk to you next time. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com slash Stringjoy, And check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings. So why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com slash StringJoy. And that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.